You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. We have promises that the seed of the righteous is going to be delivered. We have promises that all our kids need supposed to be met. Because I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his. Are, are those promises in the word? And yet you got a battle for your seed. But you should be battling from the standpoint of knowing all those scriptures. When you battle from the standpoint of knowing the promise, you battle from the standpoint of saying it's just a matter of time. It's not if I win. It's not if I see the manifestation. It's when I see the manifestation because I already got a promise of how this is going to end. I heard, I heard somebody say this. I heard somebody say this. Um, uh, they, said, they, they told a child, a child kept acting up and acting, you know, being rebellious. He said, now you keep on doing this here. Uh, I, I'm going to tell God to make you a preacher. Last thing that child want to do is preach. Now, you, you keep doing it. I'm going to tell God to make you a preacher. One, one of my colleagues who's now, who, who pastors a great church here in the United States, and, and if I mention the name, many of us would know him, but I've heard him say this years ago. Uh, he was a rebellious teenager. He would come home drunk, come home high, and his father was a pastor. His mother would be there, with, and his mother would say, now, you can't keep getting high because it's hard to preach high. He can't do all his drinking. Nobody want to hear of no drunk preacher. He was so far, but she saw the end. And she kept reminding him of who he was and what God said about him. So you can approach, raise your children from a standpoint of defeat, or you can raise your children from a standpoint of victory. If you raise your children from a standpoint of, standpoint of defeat, a mindset of defeat, you go around saying what the world says. I just don't know what we're going to do with these young people today. They're all going to hell in a handbasket. I just said they're all just wild and crazy. Seems like all my work is in vain. See, if you start talking like that, you have already conceded. You need to operate from a standpoint of victory. Great going to be the will, great going to be the peace of my children. I'm going to hold my, I'm going to just tighten my seatbelt. I'm going to ride these years through until they get their mind right. They ain't going to be crazy always. Crazy may endure it for a night, but joy, joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. He said, so when you're going to battle against your enemies, look at this. He said, don't get moved by what you see. Deuteronomy 20, when you're going to battle against your, and you see your enemies and you see horses and you see chariots and you see statistics and you see the graduation rates, and you see who got the degree, who don't have the degree, and you see the income disparities. Are y'all listening to me? And you see people who are more than us, who look like they're more privileged than you, who look like they got the advantage more than you, who look like they got more money than you. Are y'all listening to me? He said, when you see 
all of that, be not afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you. They got money, you got the Lord. They have pedigree, you got the Lord. They look like the numeric minority, I mean majority, but you have the Lord. The Lord is with you. Where's the Lord? The Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And God will ought to remind his people anytime they got overwhelmed, anytime something seemed like it was too hard, anytime it looked like they were getting scared, God will remind them of the greatest thing that he ever done for them. He said, I'm the God who brought you out of Egypt. Everybody in here need to have something in your life that is your staple testimony. That you go back and say, oh, no, no, no. I know God did that. I know God healed me. I know God made a way. I know God kept me in my house when I had no money and I should have been foreclosed on. And some kind of way I'm still in, oh, no. I know that, that I was supposed to be in prison, but God woke up. But I had, but I had favor at, in court and I'm still free. Everybody ought to have something that you're able to go back and say, oh no, if God did that, he sure can do this. Every time the devil tries to tell you it won't happen, you remind him what already happened. Every time the devil tries to tell you what God won't do, you remind the devil what he already did. Look at somebody say, he already did it. So God said, remember, I'm the God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, and it shall be that when you come nigh to the battle, when you're getting ready to fight, that the priest, that your bishop, that your pastor, that your spiritual father, that your spiritual leader shall approach and speak unto the people and say unto them, heal right direction. You approach this day unto the battle against your enemy. Don't you let your heart faint. Fear not. Do not tremble. Get yourself together. Don't be terrified because of them. Don't be terrified by the statistics. Don't be terrified by the odds. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to do what? To fight for you against your enemies. And we already know who's side on to save you. <laughs> the Lord is on my side. Now, if God is with you to save you, but he tells you you got to go into the fight, then the fight's fixed. I got to approach the fight with an advantage mentality, knowing that I, as a believer, I have the advantage. So as believers, we got to go through life knowing we have the advantage. Psalms 118, 6 and 7. This, this is the assurance David had. David said, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Well, you sure cocky. I got a right to be. If you're game cocky, you're supposed to be cocky. The Lord <laughs> is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. They believed it last night against Kentucky. The Lord. Too bad I didn't believe in those other ones, but the Lord is on my side. Well, Kentucky's the Blue Devils, right? That's why. No matter what devil, what color the devil come in, the devil is still a devil. You got to get cocky when the devil show up. 
Now, I'm, I can preach that thing, boy. <laughs> the Lord, what can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Not only, not only will God, God help me, he helps those who help me. See, a lot of y'all don't even understand that about ministry. I was talking to um, Madison. Where you at, Madison? Madison. Madison, young lady in our church now, who she, she came from uh, Cypress Run's apartment, and she was telling me, she said, when people saw her walking from the apartment, they said, you go to that church. Said we, <laughs> said, we filed a complaint against them. <laughs> Noise complaint. Okay? Because uh, they, you know, the, the noise reverberating from the sprung facility. And then I said, yeah, I said, there's another man back here. I said, he really couldn't stand us. I said, during Bible study, he would turn his motorcycle towards us and blow the Harley out. <laughs> she said, oh, yeah, I met him. <laughs> and this is what she said to me. She said, he told me I tried to destroy that church. I felt sorry for that man. I hope he repented. No, no, I'm, no, I'm very serious about that. I hope he repented. You, you, you didn't just file a complaint. You trying to destroy us? You can't destroy us. You can't destroy the church. You need to know who you're fighting against. I don't even need to pray about that. God will fight for his own church. You can't destroy the church. The Lord is for me among those who help me. When you help ministry, God helps you. No, I'm serious about this. Some of y'all haven't got the revelation. When you help the church, God helps you. Um, Todd, 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 huh? Todd Galbraith. I saw him post something a couple weeks ago. Worship leader, he'd been in our church a couple times. He said, people come to me and say all the time, say, Todd, how did you get on the platforms you get on? How did doors open up for you like this? How did you get, get to this level? He said, I know you don't want to hear, but I'm going to tell you. He said, through service. Through service in my local church. Is Akintunde here? Akintunde Walnut, many of us know Akintunde Walnut. Now he has his own studio and people renting out and all that. And he, and, he, and he does film and all these kinds of things. And so we went by to bless his business the other day. And Pastor Marsha said, she sort of set up the cameras. She said, well, where did you learn how to do this? He said, I started learning it from serving at church. And some of y'all think you're missing out by serving in church, not realizing that God said, I will help those that help you. This can be the, the catalyst to your next promotion. Are y'all listening to me? The Lord is, is, is for me among those that help me. Therefore, I shall see the desire on those who hate me. Look, somebody say, don't, don't be hating on me. Don't be hating on me. The scripture, I'll see my desire. You don't know what I desire. Now, I know we ain't supposed to pray. We're supposed to pray for our enemies. That's what scripture says, right? Y'all know that's hard, right? Every time you read that Matthew 5, pray for them who despitefully use you. Do good to them and hate you. And all. you. Every time you read it, you got to say, God, I need you to help me on that one. 
And so Paul, Paul gave us some language for it. Paul said, this is a guy named Alexander who caused me a lot of trouble. He said, this guy named Alexander, the coppersmith, he's caused me much heartache and tried to be a pain. He was a pain for me. He got on my last nerve. And he said, so my prayer is, may God reward him according to his works. Isn't that a good way to pray? <laughs> God, just reward them according to their works. Color purple coming back out. I don't know if they still going to have the scene in it. See, that, that's the mycelium. What you do to me is already done to you. There are some battles God will just fight for you. So the time I have, let me give you several reasons why we have the victory. I'm not going to be able to get to all of them. I have to come back. Why, why do you have the victory? Number one, Jesus stripped the devil of his power. Now, the devil don't want you to know that. The devil wants you to be stirred. It, it, always, it always baffles me. And I, I came along, when I came along in the Pentecostal church, whenever demons acted up, and truth of the matter, demons are always acting up. Just some of them are bolder than others, and they know where they can be bold. And you remember that service years ago? We first went to Redeeming Love Christian Center. We, Brother Hagen was going to be there, and we were in this service, and um, Sarah Utterbach, who was a co-pastor of that church at the time, we sitting there in the service, and she's... <laughs> She looks out, she says, you, the witch, I want to let you know I see you. Don't try to act up in here. Because if you act up in here, I'm going to deal with you in here. So you need to just leave. We all look around, who's, who's the witch? <laughs> witch is the witch. Is the witch here? Are they on my row? But we saw this woman operating this position of authority. On the other hand, I've been in services and demons start acting up and the people call themselves being in faith. And they say, people say, grab your Bible, grab your Bible, plead the blood, the blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. Say the Lord's prayer. Our Father, watch out. You ain't operating from no position of authority when you're acting like that. You're trembling. The demon's supposed to be trembling. We don't tremble at demons. Demons tremble at us. At the name of Jesus, every knee got to bow. Every tongue shall confess. The devils believe and tremble. You need to know you operate in a position when demons act up. I'm very serious about this. So don't ask me to come to your house. I'm serious. I'll pray for you. I'll deputize you. I'll remind you of your authority. I'll lay hands on you. I'll anoint your hands. We'll give you some oil. And since that's your house, you, nobody got authority in your house like you. If some other preacher come in here and start saying, from now on, we're going to do this and we're going to do that and uh, we're getting rid of this video wall, say, hold up. Who are you? Well, I'm the archbishop, not here. 
Nobody has great authority in this house than me. Nobody has greater authority in your house than you. You don't need anybody else to come in your house. You take your authority as a believer. You go through anoint the doors, anoint the, anoint the cupboards, anoint, anoint the floor if you have to. Wherever demons are acting up, wherever you're feeling a spirit of torment, you take authority over it and operate from a position of I got the advantage over every devil. That's the Sumrall who's going to be, the Lord tells this story. Years ago, he went to a third world country. He said when he got in the room, there was demonic activity going on. He said, and the, and the, the nightstands going around and the bed going back and forth and lamps going flying around the room. And he said, oh, devil, that's just you. Wait, 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 stop. I command you to stop now in the name of Jesus. Everything's dropped. He said, he says that spirit was leaving. He said, wait, hold up. Before you leave out this room, put the lamp back over there, the chair back over there, and a table back over here. Put everything back where it was. Sometimes you got to tell the devil, I don't just command you to stop. I command you to put it back. Are you listening to me? And you operate from a position of advantage and authority. You're not just going to cease. You got to replace. I'm preaching to somebody in here this morning who need to understand that you operate from a position of authority, from a position of advantage. Jesus stripped the devil of his power. Luke 11, 21 and 22. It says, when a stronger man fully armed, let me give you the context. They said, you casting out demons. Say, you can't cast out demons unless you a demon. Jesus said, now that's stupid. That makes no sense. Why would the devil cast his own self out? Alice about against itself. Can I stand? He said, let me tell you how I cast out demons. Luke eleven twenty one. 21. When a strong man, that's me, fully armed, that's me, God's his own palace, that's me, his goods are in peace. Oh, you need to highlight that. You are the strong man and strong woman in your house. You put on the whole arm of God and you are fully armed. You guard your own palace. Somebody shout, this is my palace up in here. <laughs> then his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes in upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor, which he trusted, and divides his spoil. He said, the reason why the devil is cast out, because I'm stronger than the devil. Then Jesus says in Matthew 28 and 18, he said, now all power... All power, not some power, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus said, all power is given unto me where? In heaven and in earth. Philippians tells that name Jesus, every knee shall bow, things in heaven, things in earth, and then he adds one, even things under the earth. That's the underworld. So Jesus says, all power is given unto me, okay? In heaven and in earth, he got power over the underworld when he went to hell and took the keys. So now, he all power is given to him in heaven, earth, and under the earth. Are y'all with me here? Then, then he says in Luke 10, 19, he said, now the power that I have, behold, I give you power. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I give you authority 
exousia over all the dunamis of the devil because the devil has no exousia. He has no legitimate authority. The devil just tries to intimidate you with physical power, but I give you authority over his physical power. I give you exousias over dunamis. Now, the other day, we were riding down the street, and this young girl, she comes out. She's a crossing guard. And a truck stopped on one side, and we, as the car stopped on the other side. Now, both the truck and the car are more powerful than her. The truck and the car got the dunamis. We could bulldoze over the woman. But when she holds up that sign, that gives her the exousia. She has the authority to stop the dynamite power. When you learn your authority, you won't be a, I command the devil, stop. You know, we preachers, we preachers sometimes, you know, we, particularly if you come from a Pentecostal charismatic background, we, we, sometimes we think the more we yell and say it with, uh, you know, so, you know, some, you're praying for somebody, see my dad responding, then we start shaking. Mm. Mm. Then we shake some more. Say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus! It ain't in the shaking. <laughs> it ain't in the grunt. It ain't in the growl. It's in you recognizing you operate from a position of authority. Are y'all listening to me? He says, so I give you power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing in this world can stop you if you recognize your authority. Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, but he doesn't, we, we, sometimes we just quote that, but he can only do exceeding above all we ask or think if we recognize the power that worketh in us. Somebody say, I got the power. You got to know you got the power. God can only do exceeding above above if you recognize the power is in you. So watch this, y'all. It's, it's a mentality we have to have. And I know we have all kinds of songs and we say things and, and, and some of it's just out of tradition. Sometimes it's just out of not really thinking. And, and, and we, we pray things like heaven come down and Lord show up, stretch out your hand, show yourself strong. These are all things that we've learned to say, but it can affect our mentality that we start thinking all the power is coming from heaven and you got the power. And so sometimes we're waiting on heaven to move and heaven saying, operate in your authority. Lord, bind. No, no, I, I told you to bind. Lord, move. No, you move. If, if, if you had the faith as a mustard, you can tell it to move. Didn't Jesus say that? So it's a mentality. So number one, we have the advantage because Jesus stripped the devil of this power and he's given the power to us, but we can do exceeding above according to all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, which brings me to the second point I'm going to get to today, is that we have the advantage because we have faith. Faith gives us the advantage. Romans 12 and 3. Some people, well, I don't, I don't have, I just feel like I don't have no faith. No, you have faith. According to Romans 12 and 3, the latter part of the, for the sake of time, the, la the last 
two or three lines on there, uh, uh, it says, think soberly according as God has dealt to every man, what? A measure of faith. The King James Version says the measure of faith. So God starts you out with a measure of faith. So there's no such thing, I don't have faith. We all have faith. Now we got to use it and we can build it. It's going to grow the more you use it. When I'm, in my series, I was teaching Bible study about, about uh, risk-taking faith. We said now, in order to believe God, that God can supply $1,000, you got to first trust that he can provide $100. And you get proficient in $100 faith. And now I go to $500 faith. And then I go to $1,000 faith. Don't, don't get caught up in, in the numbers, but follow the principle. That faith increases. Faith grows. Paul said to the church of Ephesians, he said, I rejoice that your faith groweth exceedingly. Another place in Romans, he says, we go from faith to faith. So as you use faith, it's going to grow. So, but you're going to have to start using your faith and stop just relying on the natural things if you're going to live a supernatural life and live a life of victory. So say it again. Say, I have faith. Ephesians 2 and 8, it tells us how we got saved. If you, didn't have, if you didn't have faith, you couldn't have got saved. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And grace is a gift of God, but faith is also a gift of God. God gives us a grace and he gives us faith so we can be saved. So once you come into the kingdom of God, you are now a person of faith. Well, I haven't believed him for this, haven't I? Well, I, 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 I never trust him for money. I never trust him for healing. But now you can start. Come on, say this. I'm a person of faith because I'm a believer. So 1 John 5 and 4, it tells us now, whatever means whosoever is born of God, when I get born again, I overcome the world. Because I'm born again, I overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What, what overcomes the world? Our faith. So when I got saved, God gave me faith. And because he gave me faith, I'm an overcomer. The victory that overcomes is faith. The person of faith always has the victory over the non-believer. Catch that. Person of faith always has the advantage over a non-believer. My daughter-in-law was telling me she was, she was getting ready to do something. She went to talk to someone, and uh, they were giving her all the negatives, all the negatives about why this couldn't be done. And, and this person believed. She said, now, wait, wait, now, hold on. Are, are we believers or not? Sometimes you need to talk to them. Are you a believer or not? Because I hear no faith come out of you. All your talk is natural stuff. And you can locate people's faith based on how they talk. I was talking to someone the other day, and they were telling me, I really, there was one pastor told me, no, he said, most of the priests I can't talk to. He said, hey, we, we just, we talk completely different. People of faith talk different than non-believers. Well, you can't say I ain't saved. I didn't say you ain't saved, but you know, we got some non-believer believers. Yeah, you believed enough to get saved, but you haven't added to that faith. And First Peter says we got to add to that faith. So now you start living more victoriously. 
See, once you believe God for salvation, now you get saved. But if you believe him for healing, you can get healed. You believe him for prosperity, you can get your needs met. You believe that, that, that you believe him for your marriage, your marriage can, you can get the drama out your marriage. Come on, you believe him for your children, your children will start doing well. Faith works wherever you apply it. Whatever is born of God, first, first John 5, 4 and 5, whatever or me, whosoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Our faith is what causes me to overcome. Any people of faith in here? Final point for today. So now, Jesus stripped the devil of his power. He gave me faith, which means now, now in personal faith, I have to start saying, I am a believer. Say that. Say, I am a believer. Now, a believer is one who applies his faith. Thank you, Lord. I, that wasn't in my notes. What's the difference between a, per, a person who just has faith and a believer? A believer is somebody who applies his faith. Don't just leave his faith dormant. You can have a car and not be a driver. You can have your license and not be a driver. What is a driver? Somebody who gets behind the wheel and drives a car. You don't take an Uber everywhere you go and somebody asks you what you do, you say, I drive for a living. No, you don't drive, you ride. And so we got a lot of believers, y'all. Oh, my God. We just riders, and God wants you to drive with this faith. You're always asking somebody else to pray for you, and, and can you believe God? And you just always riding. <laughs> always riding on somebody else's faith, and you got to start being a believer who uses the faith that you have. Come on, shout again. I'm a believer. So faith is what we have, believer is what we do. Faith is what we have, believe is what we do. Faith is what we have, believe is what we do. And when you do be believe, now you are a believer. So 1 John 5 and 5, it goes on to say, who is he who overcomes the world? The person who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. What causes me to overcome is that I believe. And notice it says believe. That means I got to continue to believe every day. I believe that Jesus overcame. He lives on the inside of me. He's given me the power, and I overcome every day. Say that with me. Say, I overcome every day. My God. Just about done here, y'all. Mark 9, 23. Man comes, Jesus said, Lord, if you can do anything, heal my son. And Jesus responds in Mark 9, 20, if you can believe, don't put it on me. You can't just ride this one. We're going to have to put your faith in gear and drive it. If you can believe, all things are possible to who? To him who believes. Now watch it. All things are possible. We know that. But it's only possible for you if you believe. Now we know God can do anything. But now when I become a believer, now he can do anything for me. A lot of us, we believe God can do anything, but we question whether he'll do it for me. Once you believe he'll do it for you, you'll step out the boat. Once you believe he'll do it for you, you'll do exploits. Once you believe he'll do it for you, you won't care what they say. Once you believe he'll do it for you, you'll defy the odds. Once you believe he'll do it for you, you'll defy statistics. Somebody shout, God will do it for me. Oh, my God. As a young boy, teenager, 
I started watching Dr. Fred Price on Sunday morning before I went to Sunday school. Evidence, evidence, does your life show enough enough evidence? Evidence, evidence. Okay, that, that was his theme song. For his, and I used to watch him teach. And I watched all those folks at the church. And then I watched him going from that place that was packed out where he could hardly move to build a dome. I watched him do that from afar. He'd never been to California. Then, then, then I, I, got turned, I got turned on to the Word. And then, then when I'm in, in, in college, I was hearing about this, this church up there, this, this church that was just taking off, growing at exponential rates. I mentioned it, Redeemer Love Christian Center. And then I found that my friend who I work with went there, and we went there, and they had just built, they, 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 built, they, they bought this place. It looks like this, but they bought it, okay? Uh, they, they, and and I, saw, I saw ministry grow, and I saw people, and I saw listening to these stories. And then, then when I, uh, there was a young man who came to our church. That was Brother Dentist who said that to me. A young man came to our church. We had just started. And he said to me, he said, you've been down to Pastor Dollar's church. I said, no. He said, I just feel like the Lord want me to tell you, you need to go down there. Because the Lord showed me to tell you that what he's doing in his life and his ministry, he wants to do for you. Now, you need to understand, I'm living in a rented house. I got a, I'm in a rented room that I pay $50 for on Sunday and $25 during the week. Okay? We believe in God for everything. And I go down there and I walk, I walk into, the, in, into the dome there that they had just built about two years before. And the Lord tells me, I want, you, I want you to get connected with this man. I didn't know how that was going to happen. God, God, God orchestrated that. And then I would listen to these people and see where they started. And I stopped looking that they were the exceptions. And I looked at what God did for Dr. Price. And I looked at what God did for other boss. And I looked at what God did for Dr. Dollar. And I said, oh, God can do the same thing for me. And my faith really, when we, when we, we were visiting one down, town down at Kendall Copeland Ministries, and we saw all this land. I don't think, I'm not, I'm not sure we even had land then. We saw all, all this land, and, and, and them telling the story about how they got the land, how they rented it, and then God supernaturally worked it out that there was, that there was a, a, a rock quarry that the man said that he can, they can let people uh, dig and get rocks out of, and the rocks gave him enough money to pay for the land. He gave him the land, and then the resources on the land paid for the land. And when I started hearing these stories, I said, I didn't say, oh, that, oh that's because he's white. That's because he's in Atlanta. That's because they in New York. No! God can do it for me. My God, if, if you can believe, nothing will be impossible. If you believe God, all things are possible to him who believes, to him. I'm one of the hymns who believed. You can be one of the hymns and the hers who believe. If you would just believe, take the limits off God, stop thinking it's something, something supernatural, something special about Herbert Baby. No, I am one who chose to believe God despite my beginnings, despite my background, despite the project, despite Jersey City, despite drugs, despite alcohol, despite all the things I was around. Chose to believe that what I saw God do in other people's lives, He could do the same for me. Somebody shout, God's gonna do this thing for me. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. 
To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. 